Hey everyone, this is Jack Knife. Welcome to another bonus episode of the Cutting Edge 2023-24 weekly New York Rangers recap. How you doing? I'm tired. Last two days, you know, working my regular job, I had to wake up at 4, 4.30 a.m. to deal with all this snow in New Jersey. Yeah, it, it was freezing out there. So forgive me, I don't exactly have prepared notes or a script, but I know enough uh, what I want to say to give you guys an episode because thankfully I still had time to watch the New York Rangers who are still in first in the division with a 28-13-2 record but that lead has dwindled a little bit. There are only four games at four games four points ahead of the Philadelphia Flyers and five points ahead of the Carolina Hurricanes. Rangers had their longest losing streak of the season four at four this past week. So I kind of look at that as a bit of a course correction. I thought the Carolina Hurricanes would be the team that would take the Metropolitan while the Rangers would finish second or third. I mean, Carolina hasn't overtaken in it yet, but they've been playing much better hockey lately, whereas the Rangers struggled. But the four-game losing streak did come to an end on Sunday, and the Rangers have a little two-game winning streak at the moment. The, since the last time I talked to you, the Rangers lost to the St. Louis Blues in St. Louis. It was a Jordan Cairo show put, putting up a hat trick. Just sloppy defense all around. And the first goal from Cairo, I think Igor Shesterkin could have stopped probably, but... The other two goals from Cairo, one on the power play, you know, just Cairo was just completely untouched on the, his second goal, and then the other one was a breakaway chance. You know, I I'd like to have seen Igor stop that, but I think he's still trying to find the confidence in this game to be you know that Vesna caliber goalie we know he can be, but. He wasn't the best goalie on the ice this game. It was Jordan Bennington stopping 40 of 42 Rangers shots. The only goals from the Rangers coming from Adam Fox and Vincent Trocek. And it seems to be a common theme for the Rangers that they give up, you know, they score a goal and they kind of give up one quickly. It, it's like that Dr. Doofenshmirtz meme. Uh, <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time that happened... I'd have two, which is, doesn't seem like a lot, but odd that it happened twice. Well, it's, it seems like it, happen, it happens often this season that the Rangers tend to either give up a goal quickly after they scored or give up two goals quickly to the other team. And that didn't change in the next game against the Capitals in Washington. A Capitals team without Alex Ovechkin, but he hasn't really been up to par this season. I don't know if Father Time's catching up with him. The Rangers would lose that game 3-2. to two, A game they took a 2-1 lead into the third period. And they gave up the, the game-tying and game-winning goal within a in a span of less than two minutes. The only goal is coming from Adam Fox. And Charlie Lindgren stopped... How many Rangers shots? 25 of 27. 
So the only real positive I could take out of this game was that Will Cooley you know, seemed to fit in well with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider on the first line. But the, there were still some issues, like the odd man rushes. Like the first Capitals goal wasn't even an odd man rush. It was a breakaway, a bad decision by Keandre Miller to shoot instead of just getting the puck in deep. Shot was blocked, and it led to a pass to Mantha for a breakaway to tie the game. And I really couldn't fault Igor on any of the goals given up. He stopped, he stopped uh, 18 of the capital shots, but they were all like two. They're all goals where, you know, they were defensive breakdowns. Well, two of them were defensive breakdowns. One of them was just a nice play by Kuznetsov to sub Nick Dow to bat it into the net. And that was the fourth loss in a row. That was the low, the low point of the Rangers' season. And they were able to get back on track the next day at Madison Square Garden against these same Capitals. By the way, that loss to the Capitals was the first time all season the Rangers lost a game to an opponent for a second time. Everyone else that they've lost to, they've beaten or haven't played yet. But they had a chance at, for revenge at the Garden the very next day on Sunday. And very good news for the New York Rangers, Capo Caco is back. And that's important because it seemed like this stretch of mediocre or 500 hockey began when Kako got hurt. Here's some stats for you. The Rangers are 11-9-1, averaging 3.50 goals against a game without Kako in the lineup. So we, you could talk about Kako's point production all you want, but he brings a lot of structure to the deep to this team at 5-on-5 five five and is very sound defensively. And I've preached that for the longest time. Yet he's got one yin to his game, the defense. Still trying to find that yang. But you know what? You'll take that defense, and especially in a time like now where the team just keep, seems to keep giving up these bad odd man rushes. So how did the Rangers do this game? I'll tell you how they did. The Rangers got back in the win column with a 2-1 to one win. A game they very well could have lost the way Charlie Lindgren was playing. Lindgren stopped 29 of 31 Rangers shots. He was playing out of his freaking mind. But the Rangers struck early in the game. Artemi Panarin scored off a feed from Trocek, one-time hit by Lindgren, just 50 seconds into the game. And Alexi Lafreniere would score with 50 seconds left in the period after he was hit down low all by himself. He got a shot on goal. Lindgren stopped it, but Lindgren was, wasn't able to get the rebound. That was Alexi Lafreniere's 11th goal of the year. And I think I read this last week. I just forgot to mention it. Lafreniere, if I'm not, I don't know if it still holds up now. He leads the team in high danger, in, in score. Lafreniere leads the team in scoring chances. And at the time I read that stat, he was eighth in the league. So he's doing everything he can. He's just getting robbed. Hey, the pucks are going to go in for him eventually. He's not quite averaging a point per game this last stretch, but it's pretty damn close. And TJ Oshie would score with just 
past the halfway point of the game to make it 2-1, but Igor Shosturkin stood on his head to preserve the preserve the win for the Rangers, stopping 24 of 25 capital shots. And that was much more like the Igor of old we've been expecting to see. In Kako's first game back, the well, the good thing is the goal that TJ Oshie scored was not a, on an automatic rush. It was on a terrible turnover, though, by Eric Gustafson. Just absolutely abysmal clearing attempt. Just flubbed it in the Capitals. Created chaos. And Kako didn't score a goal this game or record any points, but he very well could have. Like I said, Lindgren was playing out of his freaking mind, and he did rob Kako point blank in the slot. So that's one game down for Kako, and... No coincidence, he gets back in the lineup, and the Rangers end up back in the win column. Now, they, time to build another streak. They'd get an opportunity to build a streak against the Seattle Kraken. The Kraken, recently coming off of a nine-game win streak that got snapped against the Pittsburgh Penguins the game prior to this one, they're de dealing with some injuries themselves including the Calder winner from last year, Matty Beneers. And this is the second matchup of the season between these two teams, uh, the, which they're two different conferences, so obviously this is going to be the last time these two play each other, barring a Stanley Cup matchup, which is, I think is unlikely. The Rangers won the first matchup at Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. That was the game where some of the lights in the arena weren't working. And the Rangers' power play is one of the best in the league, but it's been a little bit cool lately. I kind of want to see them give someone else a shot on that top unit, and that one person is Alexi Lafreniere. But the Rangers would get breakthrough on their second power play after not capitalizing on their first. Vincent Trocek scored on a beautiful feed from Artemi Panarin, to give the Rangers a 1-0 lead, but less than two minutes later, oh boy, here we go again, Rangers have to kill a penalty, and Vincent Trocek, after a nice play, he tries to put it, put it back into the defensive zone to try to kill off more time, but he ends up flubbing it, it gets taken by the Kraken, and Jordan Eberle scores to tie the game at one. There really wasn't much Igor could do on this, because it basically led to an odd man rush, but that's the type of odd... That's not the typical odd man rush they've been giving up lately. The odd man rush they usually give up lately is like usually getting caught in the, their own zone and just not realizing to get back. This instance, however, was just a bad turnover in the neutral zone that the Kraken took advantage of. But not to worry. 28 seconds later, Eric Gustafsson uh, stops a clearing attempt from the Kraken and launched the puck into the net to make it 2-1. And the Rangers would take that 2-1 lead into the second. They'd get another goal from Blake Wheeler off of a deflection. And then about four and a half minutes later, the prodigal son has returned. Capo Caco on a feed from Mika Zibanejad, puts the puck by, what's the Kraken's, Kraken go goalie's name again? No, no Google Chrome, I don't want to add right now. Oh, Dra Drager to... He, Kako launches the shot by Drager to make it 4-1 Rangers. And obviously the kid needed that goal. And as I said before, he has the yin to his game. The defense needs to find the yang, the offense, 
this could be a start for him finding an offensive game to complement that great defensive play that he usually has. And ironically enough, one of Kako's two goals prior to this game was also against the Seattle Kraken. As far as I'm concerned, Kako's season started on Sunday against the Capitals. The It's like Mighty Ducks when they rebranded to the Ducks, so we lost a few games. Tough. That was District 5. Now we're the Ducks. The Ducks are undefeated. Well, now, Kako has one point in two games. I'm sure he could do more than that. The Kraken would score another goal in the power play late in the third, but Blake Wheeler would ice the game with an empty netter. The Rangers win 5-2 and currently have a little two-game winning streak after winning four in a row. And this is a game that you kind of got more of a vintage Igor Shesterkin. He stopped 29 of 31 Kraken shots. Some of them were absolute beauties. Like there was one he had in the third absolutely robbing Oliver Bjorkstrand. And like Bjorkstrand couldn't believe he could get this puck by him. But, you know, now with some structure in front of him with a player like Kako, it'll the workload Igor Shesterkin has to deal with is much better. So, what do I take out of these past few games? I think the obvious is that Kapokako is much more important to this team than we realize. After tonight, after last night, the Rangers moved to 17-4-1, allowing an average of 2.41 goals against per game with Kako in the lineup. So, listen, we could talk, again, I'm going to, sound like a parrot here or we could talk about his point production but he does a lot of things on defense that aren't showing up on the score sheet but after that time off and he's been taking it's a very small sample size these two games but he very well could have two goals these past two games he, there's the one he had last night there was Lindgren robbing him on Sunday he's finding himself the only negative thing I could really picture about Kako being back in the lineup, and this is just a real nitpick, is that Cooley, Will Cooley didn't get a chance to stay on the top line with Kreider and Zabanjad. I would have liked to have seen how that would have worked out, but you know what? Kako is the better of the two so far, and having him in the top six is good. By the way, Kako coming back does make give the Rangers an opportunity for a much better third line with the aforementioned Cooley, Brodzinski at center for now, and Blake Wheeler at left wing. And let's see what happens when Tyler Pitlick comes back. He's recently started practicing without a non-contact jersey. We'll see who comes out of the lineup. But getting healthy definitely helps for the Rangers. Speaking of getting healthy, Phil Heedle still in the Czech Republic, or Czechia, whatever the hell it's called now, training with Yaromir Jager. Wow, that, that's quite the... Quite the name to train with. Good for Philip Heedle. It's <laughs> for all the Star Wars nerds out there. Listen, I'm totally stealing this joke, but he basically right now Philip Heedle is like Luke Skywalker when he went to the Dagobah system to train with Yoda. He goes back home to kind of reset, and he ends up trading with one of the NH one of the greatest NHL players of all time in Yager. So hopefully Philip Heedle is much closer to coming back than we think. I mean, for all I know, the Rangers could be trying to circumvent the cap, trying to circumvent the cap and stack him on the LTIR until the playoffs. 
But I think he would be. I think it would be beneficial for him to be back in the lineup at some point, unless the Rangers do plan on trading for another depth center or winger. Yeah, Uncle Joe, I don't care what you think. Phil Peedle is a benefit to this team. By the way, it's going to feel weird that me saying this, I feel like I don't give this guy enough praise, partially because I feel like everyone talks enough about him already. Artemi Panarin, he hit the 60-point mark in 43 games as of last night. You know, that's matching his pace for the 2019-20 season. And he's the only Ranger player to hit 60 points faster in the past 40 years than the aforementioned Yaramir Yager, who did it in 39 games in the 2005-2006 season. And he is the fifth player in the NHL to reach 60 points so far this year. Thank you, Frank Curdo, for tweeting that. I was not aware of any of those stats. So, Artemi Panarin, a Hart Trophy candidate? We'll see. So, next week, the Rangers go on a West Coast road trip. They have games against the Vegas Golden Knights, the Los Angeles Kings, Anaheim Ducks, and San Jose Sharks. The defending Stanley Cup champions tomorrow at the time of this recording. And they will have an injury issue of their own, the Golden Knights, because Jack Eichel was just placed on IR. So, let's see if the Rangers could take advantage of that and keep up this the little momentum they got in this little mini two-game win streak. So, yeah. Sorry this isn't a very long episode. Like I said at the beginning, very long work week for me, waking up at 4 a.m., you know, don't really have the energy to, like, plan out these things. But, but thankfully, you know, I watch hockey enough that, you know, a lot of this is still ingrained in my brain. So uh, how am I going to – there's got to be a good way for me to wrap this up. Oh. Story time. It's not hockey related, not Rangers related. It is sports related, though. I heard, I was listening to Michael K, the Michael K show last night or yesterday afternoon on the way home. And some guy called him asking if the Bills should have their Super Bowl parade in New York City because they're a New York team. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, let's make our fans drive. Seven mile, miles, seven hours east to have a parade in a market for two other football teams, including a divisional rival, just because they play in the same state. Wow. That was the dumbest call I've ever heard come into a sports radio show. Like, geez, the Bills are closer to Toronto than they are in New York City. And listen, I don't want to care that I don't care if you say, like, oh, the Jets and Giants should have their parades in New Jersey. They're like six miles from New York City. Shut up. They play closer to New York City than the San Francisco 49ers play to, play to San Francisco. They're like 45 minutes away. Anyway, way off topic there. I'm just going to end this episode. I'll catch in with you guys next week. Hopefully the Rangers are back to their winning ways. They looked much closer to the team they were at the beginning of the year. With Kako back in the lineup, because Kako is backo. Anyway, this is Jackknife. Have a wonderful night, everyone.